0: Hey, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the law partners at the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. One of the other partners at our firm, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, is sitting across from me. You're listening to us talk about elder law issues. How's that for a cleverly titled podcast, Elizabeth?
1: Very exciting, Robert.
0: We really thought a long time about coming up with that title. Um, You know, Elizabeth, we've talked before about personal property in probates and if you are managing the estate of your parents or some other family member what you do with all the tchotchkes and and uh, and how you decide what needs to be sold and what can be given away and so I, I don't i wanted to talk about personal property but i don't want to cover that ground again i want to talk about personal property from the perspective of a person who owns a lot of personal property and what it is that you're going to do with it. This really came home to me this week, Elizabeth, because I went out and and reclaimed the third of the three mantle clocks we have in our house and had to debate where I'm going to put it because we've ordered a fourth. So what am I going to do with my four mantle clocks?
1: Well, Robert, I think we might have a nice space in the office for one. We could borrow it from you. So I think that personal property is a topic that is of tremendous interest to most people. And it's also one of those topics that for kids and loved ones who may be administering an estate, people feel really sensitive about. So I I know that you always like talking about terms, Robert. So when we talk about personal property, we're talking about all sorts of different personal property we could be talking about your old collection of family photos your airplane your favorite mantle clock those mixing bowls that your grandmother gave you that really fine piece of art that you bought at auction that all goes into the bucket of personal property
0: lawyers lawyers usually say tangible personal property Uh, and just to explain that term because you may see it in your in your documents Tangible means tangible. It means that they have some physical um, space that they occupy. So the mantle clock, the airplane, are both personal property and they're both very tangible. But my bank account is, while it's personal property, it's not tangible.
1: Correct. Good point, Robert. So when we think about tangible personal property and how people, the kinds of questions that they have about it and how people approach the topic... Many people come in to me and they say, during my lifetime, do I need to make an inventory of my personal property? Do I need to have certain personal property appraised? Oh my goodness, I don't want to have anybody burdened by all of my personal property. So it's really an expansive topic. I would tell you, I, I normally say three things to clients who start asking questions about tangible personal property. The first thing is, that if it's important to you, it should be addressed in your estate plan. So if your personal property is important to you and you have certain items that you want going to certain people, use a personal property list there is a list where you can write down items of tangible personal property whenever you feel like it and attach that to your will and keep it with your estate plans. That's one way to make sure you've got some notes for whoever's gonna carry out your wishes when you die about who gets what. So the first thing I tell people is don't be embarrassed about feeling uh, attached to your personal property, that's okay. The second thing I tell people is unless you have some kind of very unique collectible item Generally speaking, during your lifetime, I don't see a need to appraise the personal property. What I mean by that is if you have a fine piece of art that is um, on your insurance policy and it's itemized and you have an appraisal, that's a wonderful thing. But if you're updating your estate plan, unless you have a hunch that that piece of personal property has really uh, increased in value, You don't need to do some kind of elaborate inventory with appraisals in order to do an estate plan.
0: Absolutely not. I agree completely. Very few people need to appraise their personal property. The primary reason you would do it, it would be for insurance purposes. In fact, again and again, and I know you've had the same experience, we've talked about these cases, again and again we have cases where somebody is administering an estate and they say, uh, you know, we have this 10-year-old appraisal for insurance purposes that says all the jewelry and all of the household effects are worth $100,000, and uh, and my sister is adamant that, that I'm trying to get rid of stuff too cheaply, and I can't sell it for $100,000. I can't sell it for $20,000. That story is so commonplace. So those appraisals, Uh, they're they're often not worth very much in figuring out how to administer your estate uh, ultimately, and they can cause disputes and and misunderstandings because they're almost always a higher number than the real resale resale value of your assets.
1: I think that's an important point, Robert. Um, The third thing I tell people about tangible personal property is if they... Feel, if someone feels like giving away their favorite heirloom to someone that's important in their life during their lifetime, just do it. I, I, I know we've talked about this before, but the whole idea around... How am I going to make sure that person A gets piece of property A and person B does not get piece of property A? You know, people have all of these schemes. What happens if person A dies? Who is going to get my grandmother's ring? I mean, there are these just elaborate hypotheticals people go through with very important personal property. And a lot of time, the personal property that's important to them, Robert, is locked up in a safety deposit box or is in a chest somewhere in their attic. For heaven's sake, if it's important to you and it will bring someone joy, give it away during your lifetime. That is the one way I tell people they can be assured that the person who they want to receive the property can receive it.
0: You know, when you make a list of personal property or you decide who's going to get the cedar chest that you never actually open or the stuff that's in the safe deposit box, you imagine the joy you would have in them accepting the property and enjoying it in the same way you, you do. So why not get that joy during your life? I, I completely agree with you, Elizabeth. Really look seriously, folks, at which items of personal property you could give away right now, today. Not, oh, when I don't need it anymore, or, oh, after it sat in the safe deposit box for five years, It's been there for three, but I'll wait two more years and see if I'm ever going to wear that brooch again. You know, if you haven't worn it in three years and your daughter would love it, let's see it on her and let's get some pictures of her wearing it.
1: And Robert, I can give you a little personal anecdote. So every day I wear two rings. One ring is an engagement ring of my maternal great-great-grandparents and I received this during my maternal grandmother's lifetime and I remember the day that she gave this to me I remember the little old pouch that it came in and I thought I had met Mr. Wright at the time I wasn't sure but I knew that this piece of property had been really important to my great-grandparents and my grandmother And it was such a thrill and by the time my husband Doug put it on my finger It was really uh, just an amazing thing and the other piece of property that I wear every day tangible piece of property Is my other engagement ring, which is from my mother-in-law and She is alive and well and when I think about her sharing this with me It means a great deal. And so I will tell you something, Robert, I'm going to be challenged to share these pieces with somebody else during my lifetime, because I can't even begin to tell you the joy that it's given me. And I, um, I hope that I can do that.
0: Well, so here's the and It's a wonderful story. And it really reinforces the give things away during your life ethos. But here's the thing that people need to do during their life. They need to not get an inventory, not itemize every spoon, even the silver spoons. We don't, You don't need to count your silverware and and tell us or put it somewhere in your estate planning documents. But you need to review the larger things, the things that have significant financial value or and it's maybe more important, significant emotional value uh, and figure out where you would like them to go. And then I think you need to talk to the people who are going to receive those items about whether they whether they really want them. You know, I have these four mantle clocks, and I happen to have broached the conversation with my son. I only have two children. So if each one of them gets a mantle clock, I'm still going to have two mantle clocks to dispose of. Do you want a mantle
1: clock, Elizabeth? Maybe, Robert, but I'm not giving up my engagement <laughs> ring. I'm not doing a trade for that.
0: Well, in the conversation with our son about which mantle clock he might prefer, I, I was surprised at his reaction and the reasons for it. And that's not what I would have chosen for him. And, and my point is not about... Uh, about the frivolity of mantle clocks or the uh, inconstancy of children. It is, you know, you really need to talk to the people, even if you're not going to hand it to them right now. By the way, I am going to hand it to him right now because I just can't even tolerate the idea of noon or midnight with four clocks going off in our living room.
1: <laughs> I bet Mrs. Fleming can't tolerate it either. <laughs> so, Robert, one, one note here. It can be expensive to ship property. And I have heard more than one client of ours come in and say, you know, all of my grandkids or my children, they visited over the holidays and we went through property, but, you know, just getting it home, they didn't have room in their suitcase and they don't know when they're coming back out. And so the actual delivery and shipping and all of that, oh my goodness you know what? Just go ahead and pay for shipping. If you're going to give a gift and you have a child or loved one or friend out of state who is going to be the recipient, make it easy on that person and just say, let me send this to you.
0: (laughs) When my favorite aunt died in Montana, uh, she had a couch, a fainting couch that had been my grandmother's, her mother's, and it had always meant a lot to me when I was a child. And I was adamant that I wanted that fainting couch. I didn't want very much from my aunt's estate, but I wanted that. And so I ended up paying about $500 to ship it to Tucson. And when it got here, my aunt had had it reupholstered after my grandmother died. And, and it was, I loved my aunt. She had great taste in so many things, but not in upholstery. <laughs> so I had to have it reupholstered. And that cost about another 500 or $700. And by the time I've invested... Over $1,000 into this piece of furniture, it has a, a value probably of about $300. Uh, and uh, and why am I telling you that story? It's not about the $300 or the $1,000 or the 700 for the reupholstery. It's about the fact that in my TV room is a couch that I once pretended to faint on in my grandmother's living room. and uh, And it was worth it. And and I'm telling that awkward and long story in support of what you're saying, Elizabeth. If my grandmother had offered me that, I'd have paid the money to have it shipped, even though I couldn't afford it. But it would have meant a whole lot more if she had said, I know you always loved this. Let me send it to you. I'll pick up the tab. Also, in 1969, the tab would have been a lot lower.
1: <laughs> well, Robert, this is a fun topic, and I hope that our listeners today understand Don't feel embarrassed about your personal property. We all love our stuff.
0: (laughs) And, you know, we really need to say, yes, we all love our stuff. Our children, the next generation, don't want the same stuff we want. You know, Elizabeth, our house is full of craftsman furniture, and we have two children, one of whom loves Art Deco stuff and one of whom loves Art Nouveau stuff, and neither of them is a huge craftsman aficionado. And so much as I adore all of that stickly furniture, it's not probably gonna end up in the living rooms of either of my children's houses. And you just have to recognize that. Um, And if I had a lot of grandchildren, they'd be looking for their furniture from Ikea or someplace. They, They wouldn't want my brown furniture at all. It's a reality of dealing with generations. Your heirs may not share your taste
1: well robert you have great taste and i think kieran and thorin your grandsons will appreciate it
0: we'll see we have to chat with them about the pocket watches and and wrist watches oh that's a whole nother story all right you've been listening to me i'm robert fleming and i'm talking with my partner law partner and friend elizabeth noble Rollins freeman we are two of the partners at fleming and curdie plc a tucson arizona elder law firm And uh, this is Elder Law Issues, where we talk about issues of significance to seniors and their families um, and, and dealing with the
1: transitions that life throws in our way. We hope you'll join us again next time.